This is a shock podcast. Shock. Is Danny Rick a genuine contender for that second Red Bull seat? No. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> yes. He's wow. had his shot, y'all, and then he left. I think he has an incredible uh, talent in developing a car. It's just a matter of when. Okay, the way I think about it is, if I were job hopping, right, me, me personally, if I were job hopping like three times, which is basically what happened, right? And then I went back to my first employer to be like, hi, like, <laughs> I mean, do you have a position open? That first employer is going to look at me being like, are you having a laugh? <laughs> are you having a laugh? You've been here. You've been here. You didn't like us, right? I don't know. For me, his time in the Red Bull seat has come and gone. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Suited and Booted. My name is Weron. I'm Jasmine. And unfortunately, today we don't have Danny Rick joining us. He's busy elsewhere, but he's here in heart with us. But in replacement, we've got our producer. Yasmin. Thank you so much for joining us, Yasmin. Welcome to the show. I literally said like, I think two episodes ago that I didn't want to do this again. (laughs) Well, the episode where I I wasn't here, I thought it was the best episode you guys did. Because you weren't here. (laughs) Because I wasn't here. And unfortunately, I have to fill in the boots for Danny. However, we're going to get this rolling. Yasmin, would you do us the honor of capping off qualifying and race recap. Okay, so um, last weekend's race was the Mexico Grand Prix. It was at the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez. Am I saying that right? Correct. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, um, circuit. I actually have a few questions about the circuit like later on, but it's okay. I'll ask you guys later. So qualifying, we saw Leclerc on pole. And then after that, it was Science, Verstappen, Ricardo, and then Perez. In what fifth. a qualifying. What a qualifying. Close, and huh? um, the race was won by... By Verstappen, obviously, mm-hmm. followed by Hamilton, Leclerc. I'm sorry, I don't know who it was after Science that. Science and Norris afterwards. Okay, Science and Norris afterwards. So, yeah. with Max's win, he broke his own record for the most wins in a single Formula One season with his 16th victory of 2023. It's also his 51st victory in his 182nd start, uh, which actually saw him draw level with Alan Prost. Wow. For fourth on the all time win list. And also it's his fifth victory in Mexico, which makes the circuit his most successful circuit wow. in his career. Can yeah, there's the that? facts. Anyway, I'm not going to be speaking for I mean, much else. Everyone's fighting for a world championship and you've got Max fighting against Max for, <laughs> <laughs> for new records. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is amazing. You know, qualifying was so tight, wasn't it? We've got we've got the Ferrari in the front row. But I think what was most surprising is Daniel Ricciardo's performance. He was sandwiched between the two Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. And that before the race even started, it put Perez in a very already awkward position with talks and rumors around the paddock saying, hey, mate, your AlphaTauri Red Bull family is outperforming you in qualifying. And then comes the race and Perez crashes into turn one. And, you know, in his home race in Mexico, the crowd went wild in the wrong way. I mean, there's so much rumors going on in the paddock. Uh, I want to know what you guys think. Everyone's saying Perez might not retain his seat for next year. He's only 20 points ahead of P3 now. Mm -hmm. Like, he might actually lose it. I think it's such a start contrast to last year there was high hopes of 
of him turning his second half of the season around, right? And arriving in Mexico full of confidence, plenty of support. He had security around him. He had his PR agent, his manager, and his sponsor from the past. He had everyone there, right? That supported his career to date. And he had decent pace over the weekend. He had chances of definitely being on the podium, but it all threw away in lap one. I don't understand why bother take the risk Mm -hmm. to go three cars wide in that first corner. And we've seen incidents in the past. We've seen incidents during the weekend. Um, Yuki Tsunoda also had an incident in the same corner later in the race. So, like you said, Ron, the points deficit has really closed up, which is not good for his season turnaround. I think he's utterly disappointed. But what's next? I think he's got to go. Plenty of chances has been given, but Red Bull is a team with no nonsense. They want a solid 1-2 and a solid 1-2 every race. That's my take. And, and I don't know what Red Bull has in line for him if they were intending to swap. But it seems like Danny Rick, his comeback has... has has been very strong. And with the midfield team, he was fighting against the McLarens and he was dicing with the Mercedes. Um, although his tyres dropped off at the second half of the race, but his pace was there and, and, and he had it. So some someone like me thought that his, his recovery would take longer than expected, but he seems to be ready for that big team. For, from a driver's point of view, going back to the par- topic of Paris, obviously, you know, binning it in turn one, do you think it was a lapse of judgment or do you think he wanted, you know, with, with all that hype going around that weekend, your home race, there was so much adrenaline. Yeah, was it a lapse of judgment or was it miscalculated or he did it, uh, you know, thinking hopefully he could just make it through turn one and, you know, get the crowd going like crazy. What, what do you think was going through his mind when that happened? I mean, Ron, we, we watched glimpses of the video and it seems like this track is opportunities are mostly around the outside. But whether that round the outside risk on that corner was worth every effort of losing the entire points of the weekend, I don't think it's worth it. What was going through his mind? Desperation, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, to prove himself to Red Bull. I think he, he looked like he's quite tired of hearing this degradation of of painful results and it's not very nice to come to every weekend knowing that he's far off i think it's a very good insight to give our audience to see what it's what was going through his mind and maybe enough about Perez. you know he obviously made a big mistake um not his weekend let's move on to lewis hamilton we haven't spoken about him in a while and that's true we haven't spoken about him in a while and lately I think two times in the season, he did like some really amazing overtakes, which we normally in the last well six years, we haven't really seen him do any because yeah. he's always fighting against himself, yeah. <laughs> uh, if not his teammate. But now it's sort of like, I think he's out of his shell again. He's not in a great position with the car um, and he's getting his racecraft back, back to his early McLaren days, I'd say. Yeah. You know, he's got yeah. that fire, right, Rod? He does. Like, he does. Every inch of the track and being on the white line. And- yeah. It's so exciting to watch. I mean, that's yeah. that's what racing is about and that's what Formula 1 is about. But Agreed. Louis at his age and, and you know... Uh, not at his say, age, yeah. yeah you know, not that's to right. say he doesn't have it, but he, he still got that fire after yeah. years of years of being in Formula 1, right? Agreed. And um, finishing second among the young boys around him, mm-hmm. or younger boys around him, yep. I think is a solid effort. And, and that car um, seems to be a lot more competitive compared yep. to previous races. So... Kudos to him for that good result. Yeah, I think it was a great showing. Yep. Now people understand why he's a seven-time world champion. 
Um, and it's nice to sort of see that again. Yeah. But, you know, one thing happened in Mexico when Leclerc got on the podium or started his interview, the whole stadium started booing. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, like talking about the spirit of sportsmanship is not so nice, isn't it? You know, you try your best. Uh, it really wasn't your fault. In the heat of the moment, obviously, the crowd went crazy. Imagine yourself getting booed on the on the stage like that in front of thousands and thousands of people. How would that affect you? Have you been yeah. booed before, Yasmin? <laughs> I've, been, I've never been booed before, actually. It's Checo's home race. And they had such high hopes for him, especially considering the season that he's had. I think everyone, including himself, thought, okay, maybe this is going to be the one, mm-hmm. right, to turn things around. It's not Leclerc's fault yeah. either. Obviously not. You can't blame him. I mean, I was watching this David Beckham documentary. Oh, right? so good. Oh, so it was good. Amazing. So good. So right? good. Yeah. So and um, you, you see the real human side of, of such an athlete, right? Yeah. He was one of the best footballers of his era. And he was playing among amongst the greats, yeah. right? At the time, there was Eric Cantona, there was uh, Zinedine Zidane, Roberto Carlos. I mean, you name it. If you look at it in Perez's perspective, right? He's racing amongst the best as well. Mm-hmm. There is... Um, Max Verstappen, right? Multiple champion. You have Lewis, who's one of the greats as well. Carlos Sainz, son of, you know, multiple world champion in rallying and, and etc. So he's racing amongst the best. That's what I'm trying to say, right? It is also rare that you have a Mexican on the grid mm-hmm. till he came in. Back in the day, there was. But a modern day era Formula 1 driver, it's very, very rare. So, of course, his name has brought... Um, an incredible turnaround of bringing highlights to Formula 1, right? To the point that they now have a Grand Prix. Definitely, nation's pride, national hero will always play a huge sentiment in having your own local talent. But booing a competitor or a racing incident for for, for that instance, it hurts uh, mentally, emotionally. Number one, for someone like Charles, he races for Ferrari, right? It's a big brand, big name. He's a multiple race winner in Formula 1. He's he's not a he's not a driver that was just picked up from the side roads, right? He was a developed driver and it affects them and athletes themselves are human beings, right? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not nice to get booed and it's not nice to discriminate their efforts in, in, in the sport. So yeah, I don't I don't condone such unsportsmanlike yeah. you know, booing and, and these kind of behaviors. Yeah. That being said, you know, these athletes, whether you're a racing driver, a footballer, you have to be so strong mentally. You bring up David Beckham was a really good example. There was a period which I didn't know about as well, when he was hated by his own countrymen. So bad, time and time again. And imagine going through all of that. And back then, it wasn't as sensitive as today having this like Oh, you need to look after your mental well-being and, you know, make sure that (laughs) you're good in spirit. Take like two hours off work. There wasn't any of that last time. I think it's a huge inspiration to all of us, to a lot of young athletes as well who want to become professionals, to be able to have that kind of mindset. I mean, these guys are true, true heroes, I think. Um, But yes, I also agree. I don't think people should be behaving this way. I think they should respect what the drivers are doing out there on the track, you know, the risk they put their lives through. And yeah, they, they should be respected in every way. Moving on, let's talk a little bit about Norris. Bad qualifying, a super race from P19 to P5 in Mexico. And I think all the overtakes were around the outside. <laughs> <laughs> around the outside. <laughs> McLaren was a bit on a back foot this weekend, I thought. Pace wasn't very strong. Race, they played the long game, capitalised towards the end. They swapped places, as we saw Ron earlier. That was a bit strange, I thought. If mm-hmm. Piastri was in front, I thought he deserved to be in front. Yeah. 
Maybe it's because of the points tally where they are in the championship. I don't know. But good racing. Yeah. Really good racing. Yeah. Um, I think some of the overtakes he made during the race was like classic junior single-seater or go-kart type of like overtaking. Yeah. You know, I the, mean, like looking at Norris and Russell, they're like cutting buddies, right? Back yeah. in the day and, and them dicing and wheel banging and whatever it may be. It's, it's great. And I think McLaren's gone into an upwards trajectory with how they've turned around their seasons and capitalised a lot of points and podiums and etc. And, they, and they're mega. Norris and Piastri seems to be working very well together, mm-hmm. um, especially this part of the season. So I have high hopes of them even, even scoring more podiums. But Norris made a funny remark over the weekend and said, you know, when Nico Rosberg won his first world title, he retired soon after. So he said, as soon as I have my first win, I'm going to retire the next day. So <laughs> I don't know how serious he was, but um, he's quite a character. So, so yeah, is. well done to him. Yeah, the, the fans love him. Norris is is, is uh, going to get his first win very soon. They do make a very good pairing. I think they're one of the best pairings 100%. today. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really showing it, especially, you know, through the, the last half of the season. But do you guys think that Norris should have had his first win a bit earlier on? Give, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say, like, g- given the right opportunity um, at the right place, like, if he had, I think if he had the upgrades he had now, mm-hmm. earlier this season, before everyone sort of, like, played catch-up, I think he had a really good chance of, of uh, getting his first win. So hopefully we can see that for next year, or maybe even for the last three races, we don't know. But he's definitely world champion material. He's shown that in his junior racing career. Um, it's just a matter of time. You know, he has to be also a little bit of luck uh, to, to be played here. Now, speaking of Norris, Norris's good mate, Alex Albon, consistently scoring points for Williams, I think three in a row now. What are your thoughts? Should Alex Albon be, or, you know, get another chance in a different team, get another opportunity? He looks like he's driving, you know, the Williams where it shouldn't be, you know, know, pace-wise. I, I'm sure you guys remembered back then when there's a Mark Webber stepping to Formula One and Jensen Button in his early days. And, yeah, and when they were in BR Honda, uh, BR Honda and Jaguar. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and they have these glimpses of awesome qualifying and continuous point scoring and they established themselves in Formula One. Like, mm-hmm. Alban is someone I think that will have a long career in Formula One. Mm-hmm. And... I hope he doesn't fall in, uh, I wouldn't say a hole, fall in the trap like like Hulkenberg in which he's mm. just stuck with a yeah. mid-end team. Yeah. I think he deserves to be in a in a big seat and I hope that the big seat opportunity comes sooner than, than later because Albon's career came in the other way around where mm-hmm. he, he was given the big seat quite early, early on. Um, that did not. Th- that did not. didn't pan out well, did it? Yeah. No. So... Now with his level of maturity, like you said, Ron, maybe it's the girlfriend, maybe... It's definitely um, the girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hope that big seat will come to him soon. It would be such a shame to see him go the same route as Danny Rick, in a way, where, uh, yeah, Ricardo was fumbling through teams um, and not really getting the results he, you know, he should have deserved as well. So, yeah, all the best to Alex Albon. Speaking of Hulkenberg, I also think he had, back in his days... He was always super talented, yeah, just super unlucky to be with a team that is midfield all the time. Uh, now with Haas, he's consistently outperforming his teammate Magnussen, yep. who had a huge crash in Mexico. It wasn't really his fault, you know, left rear gave way. It was quite scary though, uh, but luckily, you know, I, th- I think it was great to see him walk out of that unharmed. But yeah, I think 
both Magnussen and Hulkenberg are also really strong teammates. Yep. Um, but the best one from from the Haas team is obviously Gunther. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, he just celebrated his 200th uh, Grand Prix over the weekend. Wow. Um, I think that's an incredible mi- milestone. And uh, I think on Thursday before the race weekend, um, each team that he drove for gave him a gift. Mm-hmm. And it was the highlights of each memory with each team. Yeah. So, Has uh, he ever been on a podium? Um, Hockenberg? No. I think he has. Has he? I think he has with Force India. Has he? If wait, I'm not mistaken. wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Let me th- check. Let me I check. think he... Right, let's, let's Google that. He, he had a little bit of a Nico near Hulkenberg miss. Nico on um, the podium. I'm pretty sure really? he's been on the podium. He's he's never won a race, but he's been on the podium. Really? I'm pretty so, sure. Hulkenberg holds the record for the most Formula 1 career starts without a podium, a podium finish. Yeah. Oh, no 200 way. Grand Prix starts with no podium. <gasps> it's still a record. It's still a record. <laughs> not the record that every every driver wants yeah exactly I did not know that that's actually kind of it is kind of sad that's really sad yeah. yeah that's really really sad well think of it this way at least he had 200 starts so 200 opportunities to drive an F1 car at least I think he, he's he's also I think podium material again just ass luck really yeah. not, not being in the right right place right car right team but at that point would you just give up no I mean so you if you were in that position well, I think he, he gave would... up and then Haas called him back again. <laughs> <laughs> he had no choice. He's like, oh, here yeah. we go again. You know that one year where he was um, he was doing Formula 1 and he was also doing Le Mans and he was also a Le Mans winner the same year. That's true. Yeah. The third car in Le Mans when Porsche... It was a year before we did it, wasn't it? Yeah, t- way before. 17. 2015, I think. Or, oh, fi- or, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When he did it with Porsche. So yeah. it was a third entry of Le Mans with Porsche yeah. in the 919 hybrid and it was uh, drivers that weren't the core or the number one priority ended up winning the race so he did a Formula 1 program and a Le Mans winning program that's impressive that's wow. whack Alonso did the same didn't he no, no, he did not. Alonso already he, retired from F1. Yeah, he did time. a full-blown world That's endurance true. program. So, yeah. Speaking of Alonso, he was out yeah. in the race, unfortunately. Um, both the Aston Martin cars, actually. DNF. Oh, now, they peaked really early, didn't they? Yeah, I don't know what's gone there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, It's I, just downhill. I Yeah, the, the car was really strong out the gates this season. We saw a graph from Formula 1. The McLaren team mm. comparing Aston Martin. Yeah. And you see the exponential growth of McLaren right like middle of the yeah. season. But then Aston Martin sort of stays stagnant. They Maybe the upgrades they put on the car did not work. They basically stop improving for the amount of races that we can't count back mm. backwards. Um, it's really a shame because I thought they had, or Alonso especially, had the potential to be at least P2 in the championship. Oh and yeah, now I definitely, I felt like he was giving Checo a run for his money. Yeah. For sure. At the yeah. beginning, it was looking kind of scary, he especially had, in an Aston Martin. Yeah. Exactly. He had eight, nine podium streaks. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It was insane. And then to and completely then did, zero. Yeah. I think he jinxed it when he said, from now on, it's all going to be racing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, I mean, it's a way yeah. to motivate the team, but I think the team... Took a wrong direction. Yeah, took a wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And and maybe Lance's stream of accidents and crashes is not really helping the developments either. True. And yeah, maybe the focus has gone for next year. So yep. they might just take what they can this year. Wasn't there a statement um, that Lawrence said about Lance, his own son? I, 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 I can't I, I, he I can't be sure. his own son? I think so. No. <laughs> well, he. I don't think he'll do that publicly, but no, I he think wasn't. he mentioned something along the lines of... If Lance is not performing, 
and I don't know if this is true from you know Formula One or if it was just someone making it up. Basically, if if Lance is not performing, then we'll start to make some changes. And I think that's what everybody wants to see. So you mean the dad's taking away the credit card or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, take you with the sub card. <laughs> <laughs> take the sub card first. Because yeah. <laughs> it'd be interesting to see Drogovic come into play if he does get a get an opportunity. Yeah, Dro- Drogovic. Um, yeah. I, I think he's he's a talent that deserves an opportunity. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. I was surprised he wasn't doing the FP1 with the other rookies. Yep. I thought they would have given him mileage simply because they had an agreement to do so. Maybe it's later on in the year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Aston has lost a bit of their f- footing somewhere that is hard to um, pinpoint on because some races they can be within the top 10 and some races they're completely nowhere. So mm-hmm. um, a bit puzzling. They need to go back to the drawing board, scrap this car and build a completely new one for 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of all the rookies doing for uh, FP1, which we, we thought Drogovic should have the opportunity as well. We've got five rookies doing the FP1 in Mexico. Isaac Hajar driving for Alpha Tauri. Tio Pocher for Alfa Romeo. Unfortunately, he only had four laps because of an engine issue. Frederick Vesti for Mercedes. Jack Duhan for Alpine. And Oliver Behrman for Haas, wow. who was the quickest out of the five rookies in the worst possible car. <laughs> <laughs> I always get excited with new talents. You yeah. know, um, it's the next breed and mm-hmm. next generation. These five are very talented five. You know, I, I, I know Jack Duhan personally since his F3 days and um, we shared the same sponsor at the time which was Jetcraft when I was racing with um, uh, Johor Racing and we were always having our garages next to each other etc and he's he's a hard worker himself but yeah Olivier Behrman three tenths off Hulkenberg I mean it's not an easy track Ron no you know? not at all um, and uh, get up to grips with such a car it's not an easy car to drive either and, and he managed to secure it but but I'm curious to know, like, Yasmin, you've met Isaac Hajar, right? Like, I have. Yeah, I met him in Singapore. Yeah, and tell us, you know, what what did you guys talk about? Honestly, we didn't we didn't talk about that much because, okay, so I was with my brother and I was with Nazim, Nazim Azman. And I remember this little dude. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I think we must be about the same height, honestly. Um, You'd be shocked by how tall Lewis is as well. He's, he's quite little <laughs> he's as well, tiny. isn't he? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um. I remember he like walked by us, and then uh, Nazim stopped him, and they were just like chit chatting and stuff like that. And I wasn't like busy body la, like oh you know like hi, what's your name, like blah 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 <laughs> blah. But then Nazim was like, oh um, Yasmin Mahadev, this is Isaac. And at the time, I didn't know who he was, what he was doing, like back there and stuff like that. And then he started talking about Red Bull. Wow. And then I'll, that's when I started clocking like was wait like a, like a second. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, I was like hang on a second, and then. He was talking about, yeah, dude, like, I'm really nervous. Like, I don't know, like, this is kind of crazy. So I was, like, listening in a little bit. And then he left, right? And he was like, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. He left. And then I said to Nazim, I remember, I was like, wait, is he a driver? <laughs> and then Nazim was like, yeah, yeah, he's with, um, he's with Red Bull. So unassuming, but, like, you could... I mean, I could definitely tell that, yeah, he was nervous lah. He was literally telling Nazim, like, dude, I don't know how I'm going to get into the car, like, <laughs> blah, 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 yeah. so. But he was so excited in Mexico. Yeah. He wanted to wave to Lewis. <laughs> 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 yeah, but nice guy, nice guy. Really nice it's nice guy. to see passion, you know, passionate drivers. Yes. And of course, you, you look up to your heroes, right? Mm. Yeah. And, and then one day the opportunity arrives on your lap and you're like, oh, wow, I've worked hard this far and, and it, it's arrived, right? Yeah. And you have only one opportunity to 
to prove yourself. And I saw an announcement that actually uh, Red Bull has not renewed some of the junior drivers. Red Bull does this yeah. cleaning spree, mm-hmm. as I call it. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, no. In all due respect to the drivers, I mean the drivers has has done well to to their capabilities, but. Um, sometimes Red Bull ends up having too many drivers in their pool that they True. they don't have opportunities for them. So, so the two now remains as Liam Lawson, correct, and Isaac Hajar, correct. <laughs> I, I want to talk a bit about Oliver Bearman actually going back to him again because, you know, not only he did better than all the other four rookies, he was only three tenths off Hulkenberg, as you said, on his debut in a track he's never been to before and in a Haas. Now, in his like his F2 career currently, I think he's won the championship. He's going to win the championship. He will. Um, he's very strong. You can see the talent in him. He's still a very young kid as well, but shows the professionalism of a seasoned driver and is now managed by WH Sports Group, who who I was managed by by them before as well, just not as talented. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing I know they got right is they're very good at choosing drivers. Um, they used to manage Jack Hawksworth uh, back in the past, who, who raced in IndyCar, um, and Jack now won IMSA with Lexus um, this year. But when, when they picked... Oliver Behrman, I thought, wow, okay, this kid has got some real potential. It brings me back to when I first saw Max Verstappen in his early days. Mm. Um, I sort of have that feeling like, oh, this kid might actually be someone to not meddle with. He might be, he, he's definitely like a Charles Leclerc, uh, a Max Verstappen or a Lando Norris. I think he's like at that, at that level to really come out the gate strong and show that he's world champion material. You know, it's awesome to see drivers that are um, groomed well as well. He's part of the Ferrari Driver Academy for a couple of years now. I think that's the linkage to Haas. Um, He's still very young. He's only 18, right, Ron? So Mm -hmm. although Max arrived in Formula 1 a lot um, younger at the time, but um, when you groom someone and groom someone properly, like like what you just said with the right management, with the right um, Driver Academy, and we know that Driver Academy is led by Jock Clear, and he's English, so um, the 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 fundamentals are there that that he's a up and coming tra- talent that we shouldn't um, put aside. Absolutely. So, listen out. Remember these names. Remember these names of these rookies because one day you'll see them in Formula One, and you know that we talked about them first. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to the Q and A section, uh, we have a question or a couple of questions from <gasps> Mr. Nathan Hugh. I also have a question. Ooh. So do you want to tackle those ones for us or you want sure. to tackle mine first? Whichever. I have a technical one. Let's go technical first. You want to go we'll technical answer. first? Okay. So um, this particular circuit is apparently 2,250 meters above sea level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that basically yields a 22% reduction in air density. Yep. What impact does altitude have on a race? That's a very good question. question. I actually raced there in 2009 in mm-hmm. Formula BMW. They had the world final at the time. And um, yeah, some some of the guys on the grid were racing at the time as well. Um, I was 16 years old, first time in Mexico. So I took a 24-hour flight from KL to Paris, Paris to Mexico City. For, for my own insight, I've never been to Mexico. What flight do you take? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of you know a lot of our local listeners want to know as well. Yeah, I, I took the flight to the direct to Paris, and then there was like a four hour layover. Oh no, three hour layover, and then Paris direct to Mexico. So I did the twelve and twelve. Anyhow, to answer your question, 
before that, we we knew that the track was actually placed quite high up. So um, we did a lot of training, high altitude training. So it cuts your oxygen by quite a bit. It's breathing techniques that you gotta you gotta learn and adapt to because when the air is thinner, it's you get tired a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And a track like Mexico, which is physical to my memory, especially with these Formula One cars, it surely is um, challenging. Um, it's a 71 lap race, you know, in this Grand Prix. So when I was doing Formula BMW, I think the race was only 30 minutes, so <laughs> 30 or 35 minutes, right? Uh, but it does affect you. It does affect you. Maybe the first 15, 20 laps, you, you, you're okay. And once you're gasping for, for air, when you're battling and trying to stay within that pace competitively, well, that's where it, it really tires you out. Maybe so, you can elaborate on how does that affect the engine performance as well, being mm-hmm. such high altitudes. Yeah. Well, that, these turbo cars, it's more beneficial, right? Mm-hmm. You know, higher altitude brings certain advantages, but also disadvantages in the performance. So, yeah, so higher altitude will will, will bring um, certain performances gains as well, especially at the, at the, at the long straights, but it also brings a lot of stress in the engine. So there's, there's a mix of both. Does that answer your question? Yeah, sure. Ron, you don't have an answer? <laughs> no, I'm here to listen. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it learn? Isn't it learn? Listen it's a learn. very good learn. <laughs> Tech Talk with Jasmine Jafar. <laughs> <laughs> so questions from Nathan Hugh. The first one he had was actually a very good question. He asked, should F1 have title rules on impeding and traffic during qualifying? Now, we saw that Max held everyone up in the pit lane and it didn't look... Yeah, obviously, you know, it it was a bit controversial. I think everyone was talking about it. But this is a very good question because whether or not F1 should have title rules on on this, you know, impeding and traffic during during qualifying depends what the incident was, in my opinion. I, I think it's very difficult to sort of have a rule about it because every driver out there is trying to get a clear lap on track to do their best qualifying time. And... It might seem on on television like they're leaving a huge gap between the car and front. But in reality, it really isn't because of the speeds they're traveling at, with DRS especially, you can catch a car fairly quickly, but also get arrow wash from a very, very far distance. So they obviously want the cleanest air possible. And because there's 20 cars on the grid, if you multiply that, you know, the gap from one car to another by 20, obviously there's going to be a, like every car split out and there's going to be some overlapping as well uh, on, on, on the circuit. So I, I think yes and no, it's, it's just a little difficult to put a definite yes, they should. Yeah, I think I think some races in the past, you have a bit of a gentleman's agreement, right? Um, you gather up and when you reach the final sector, you get into position and you have a gap enough to not have that washout, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not lose time. But I don't think this gentleman's agreement has actually been acknowledged between the drivers because by the time you reach the final sector, the drivers are going to yeah. hustle their way and, and you know, uh, put their put their elbows out and say, this is my position, you're not going to get any of this. So, I think it's dangerous to stop at the end of the pit lane. Uh, Max did it. Uh, George Russell did it. Um, I understand the, 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 the advantages that you can get. It is a performance advantage, I think, when you have a clearer lap. I mean, I myself have done it as well, <laughs> you know, trying to find that gap because it's, it's crucial. Um, 
maybe it needs to be a clearer understanding within the drivers of what you can do or cannot do. But mm-hmm. when you have the entire grid in Q1, it is very difficult to get a gap. So we'll, we'll leave the FIA to see. I think, yeah. I think some of the track is known that they need to do something about it. How about this? Instead of, like maybe they can implement a rule, there's no stopping at the end of the pit lane, especially when the lights are green, but then the grey area is you can crawl out of the pit lane, if that makes sense. <laughs> there, so there must be a speed, right? There must be a speed. Yeah. Even if it's one kilometer an hour, the car has to be moving, but Correct. you can't stop. Correct. Then I think that's fair. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you can slow down all the way, build the gap, but you just can't stop, yeah. make, like come to a full stop. Perhaps like the standard 80 kilometers an hour pit lane rule, mm-hmm. you have another pit limiter button for 20k, so yeah. <laughs> for, you know... Not impeding, but yep. just r- regularizing that 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 is yep. legal to do. Okay, so very interesting. Maybe what's frustrating, especially for the drivers, is the fact that Max actually did this in Singapore. He got away with it at the time, and it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was only a month ago. That's so. true. So there isn't a definite rule on it. Maybe they can implement, um, or yeah, basically to answer Nathan's question is maybe the FIA can come up with a ruling which doesn't let's say to fix whatever problem is causing for all the drivers during qualifying yeah that's right okay we have that we don't have a decision on that but let's see what the fia will do second question is danny rick a genuine contender for that second red bull seat no (laughs) yes no (laughs) yes he's had his shot y'all he has and then he left he couldn't fathom being a second driver to Max. <laughs> if he gets back into that Red Bull seat, he's going to be the second driver again. That's why he left. Very fair point. Very, Very fair, point. fair point. Very fair point. You feel me? <laughs> I think he's good where he is. Nah, I think I think they're really looking closely into him. Mm-hmm. Like it gives Red Bull a good package. Um, he knows the team in and out. He knows everyone in the team. He's won races with them. He's grew up with them. And it's one of those materials as, as a driver that Red Bull wants and needs. He doesn't have the same sponsorship or, or commercial value as Perez does, uh, the backing from behind. I think he's still got it. I think he has an incredible uh, talent in developing a car. You know, uh, at that time when, when the early early days of um, the Turbo era, he was really beating Vettel and, and, and winning races at the time. It's just a matter of when. If they decide to renew Perez, I know it will just be a one-year contract and we just got to sit and wait for another year, which is not, which the hopes are all not lost, mm-hmm. but um, I think he will be willing to do whatever it takes to get that seat. Okay, the way I think about it is if I were job hopping, right, me, me personally, if I were job hopping like three times, which is basically what happened, right? And then I went back to my first employer to be like, hi, like, <laughs> I mean, do you have a position open? That first employer is going to look at me being like, are you having a laugh? <laughs> are you having a laugh? You've been here. You've been here. You didn't like us, right? So go, la. go, go. I don't know. For me, his time in the Red Bull seat has come and gone. Okay, personally. so I like I love Danny Rick as a person. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I do, but I just don't see him being in that Red Bull seat. So we've like, got a hard no. It's a from hard Jasmine, no. I'm sorry. A yes from Jasmine. I'm abstaining from answering this. <laughs> I want to leave it to you guys listening. Please drop us a comment. Let us know what you guys think. Do you guys think Danny Rick is a genuine contender for the second Red Bull seat? 
yes or no? The third question from Nathan <laughs> is actually what we uh, uh, what we spoke about before. Uh, word for word, what the heck are you doing, Perez? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> Don't know. Uh, there's not much left to say, really, yeah. Ron. There I think isn't. we. We, we covered it quite in depth. Yeah. Um, every episode. <laughs> yeah, almost every episode. It's it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have nothing against the guy, but result speaks by itself and that's where it is. Let's put it this way. I think there's a very good chance he will get the boot if he does not come second in the championship. Um, to answer your question before when I was researching the results, last year he came in third in the championship, three points away from Leclerc who came in second. But I think also... It's very controversial, or rather it wasn't so important then because he helped Max secure the championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, no. Sorry, sorry. That was 2021 when, oh, when Max oh, got yes. his first champ- first world championship with uh, Abu Dhabi. Uh, in Abu Dhabi. How could we possibly forget? Yes, the battle with Lewis, the very controversial one. Yes. Um, Perez did a lot that year to help yeah, he Max did. secure that championship. And that's why Red Bull really loves him, yeah. right? And then come last year, uh, indebted to him, exactly. Last year, um, Perez only came in third in the championship. I also think maybe the car wasn't as strong as it was. Ferrari was really strong last year. Yeah. But this year, however, the Red Bulls are just dominant from the start of the year until today. But Perez is not showing that and he needs to secure P2 in that championship if he wants to retain his seat. Don't you agree? Yeah. Did you ask Helmet? <laughs> I mean, it's a very sticky situation. I think situation, Christian is right? changing his mind now. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> sticky situation. This They've got to see the... I guess they have their scorecards, right? Yes. But the, the, the scary thing of, of waiting for Red Bull is that you got to wait for the end of the season. You want to sign and know the fact that by before the second of the year, you've already confirmed for that seat for next year. And he doesn't have that in a big team. So if he doesn't have in a big team, what are his options? He doesn't have much options. Maybe maybe Logan Sargent or maybe some, some something at the back end team, right? Maybe something at Alpine. I don't know. Um, his, his experience is definitely valuable, but whether it's capable enough for a big team. Okay, so let's leave that as that. Um, all the best to you, Perez. You've got three more races to go. The next one in Brazil. So... You better do well, otherwise Danny Rick's coming for you. Shall we move on to win it or bin it? Yes, we shall. All right. Wait, I haven't got... Wait, hang on, hang on. I need to think about it. I actually need to think about it. Do you guys have your win it or bin it? I just thought of it. Yeah. 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 JJ, do you have your win it or bin it? I'm ready. Oh, shoot. Okay, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> All right, I'll give you five seconds. I think I know who you're going to say. Really? Do you actually <laughs> think so? I think the easier one to start with... Why don't we go ahead and start with an all-out bin it? <laughs> and then we can do win it afterwards. Yeah, I think bin it's easier. Yeah, okay. Should we do it? Three, two, yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. Three, two, one. Press! Press. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. God, I was I mean, actually pretty... look, I was actually looking at Rod and at the moment he said pear and I was like, pear-ass. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, isn't, isn't it? We don't really yeah. need to go into, into exactly. why he's Exactly, it. Perez binned it from lap one, turn one. Um, there's nothing more to it. Yeah. On to win it. Have I, you decided yes, yet? Yes, I actually have decided. Yep. All right, wonderful. Jazz, three, two, one. Ricciardo. Oh my God. <laughs> we got the same... <laughs> Got the is that the first time? Bin it and win it? Or win it and bin it? 
both all, unanimous? Both, we, both unanimous. Possibly, both possibly. Unanimous. Have to it's very rare. If yeah, Dan, if, if Dan, um, Danny Wood would, would have been here. Yeah, he I think he'd, he'd say the same he'd as well. Yeah. <laughs> Which is quite rare. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's the end of our Mexico podcast. Um, thank you all very much for tuning in. Um, the next race, it's going to be in Brazil. Interlagos. Interlagos. One of the most iconic Formula 1 races in the calendar. Yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, Sao Paulo. It's anti-clockwise. Yeah. Uh, very physical. Mm-hmm. Plenty of memories. Uh, plenty of um, historical moments in the sport. Yep. And very good racing. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning into to today's episode. Uh, we will catch you guys on the next episode. You can make sure to tune into us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and also the Shock app. Thank you, boys, for having me on this episode. Thank I am you. so thank sorry you. for watching it if I did. And yeah, so I guess I'm going to say, I'm going to say it. I'm can we all say, say it together? Can we all say it together? Let's say it together. Okay. See you next week and drive safe. safe. <laughs>